Hi, Jax. Hey, Jax. Hello, Jax. Hey, Jax, I have a question for you. And I'm just wondering about... I wanted to ask you about... Uh, I have a question for you. I have a question about the history of porn. Hey, Jax here. Welcome to episode two of Thorny Issues, the podcast where I answer all of those slightly thorny questions you might have the juicy ones, the ones you're a little scared to bring up in front of other people, those questions, that's what we're here to answer. And I have to start this episode with a huge thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was incredibly nervous about releasing this podcast. I've been sat on it for a little while because it's scary to put yourself out there and to put things out into the world. The amount of kind words that came my way last week really overwhelmed me. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who have listened. I'm so grateful that you've come back this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's about as gushy as I can get being English, but uh, really grateful. And we shall move on now. It's been quite a big week for me in other ways as well. Well, not for me, but my parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Yep, 50, five, zero, half a century together which is just blows my mind a little bit and is absolutely wonderful. And I'm so very happy for them, mainly because they're still in love. They still like each other. They still spend time together. They go on vacations together and have the most wonderful time. There is a love and respect and a companionship there that I have always been so wowed by and proud to say that my parents have. And not many people have that. I definitely don't have that in my relationships. For the longest time, I thought that I was doing love and relationships wrong because I didn't have this longevity that my family have. And my parents got married, I believe, at 21, and my brother got married at 22, and they all, my brother met his wife at university, and my parents met at university. So by the time I graduated university, I thought that I had failed, 100% failed, which just isn't true, but it took me more years than I wish to admit to realize that there are so many other ways to have relationships and that no one way fits all and that that's okay. Some relationships are short and bright and big burning stars that exit your life as quickly as they enter them but those moments are wonderful and fantastic and I look back on those in my life with a big smile and I don't think I failed in those relationships I just think they were what they they were. Others can be a long slow, loving, wonderful, all-consuming love. But sometimes that doesn't last either. If I look back at the person I was at 21 when I thought that I should be married with a mortgage and babies, I'm not her now. I'm not anywhere near to being that woman now. I'm in my late 30s. I don't want babies. I'm pretty certain I don't want marriage. It would really take that to be something very important to my partner for me to consider that. Because I think there are so many other ways to show that you love someone and you want to be with someone and you can commit to someone. So I guess this chat at the top of the episode is really just to remind you that it's okay where you are right now. And it's okay if your goals in your life and in relationships are very different to what you grew up with or even what you see around you with your friends. You're on your journey and that journey is going to be fun and exciting and filled with opportunity And go after those opportunities. Don't try and go after other people's because they're not meant for you. 
Anyway, that's what's been going on in my life this week and some of the thoughts that have been coming up because of that. I think it might be time for us to get on with the episode. We've got a couple questions for you today. And remember, if you have any questions for the podcast, you can submit them at the website thornyissues.ca. There's a button there that you can hit and record your audio and that can come straight through for the podcast. Or if you're not feeling comfortable with your voice on air, please feel free to submit a question through that too. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. I want to answer questions that you have. I want you to be interested in what's coming up on the show. All right, enough admin. Let's get to the questions. Hey, Jax, I have a dating question for you. I'm a single straight guy in my early 30s, and I have a high sex drive. I would like to have more frequent sex, but I don't know how to go about fulfilling that without coming across as an asshole. What is the gentleman's approach here? How can I be respectful while dating and still get the sex that I'm looking for? Thanks for your help. Be intentional with your dating strategy. That was pretty much (laughs) the first thing that came to mind when I heard your question. I think a lot of us go on the apps not fully knowing what we want. Or maybe we know what we want, but we're not willing to be open with people as to what we want in case we say something that will offend them. So first and foremost, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a long-term relationship where you're going to get a lot of sex? Are you looking for casual sex right now? Is the relationship less important to you, but you just want to get laid, which is totally legit and fine. And then once you've figured out your strategy, pick the app that is right for you in that moment. When you create that profile, say what you're looking for. I've got a high sex drive. I really like to get laid. I'd love to meet someone for fun, casual dates that hopefully end up in the bedroom. Now, this is advice that I would give you as a straight guy. I have said similar things on more classic dating apps, sort of Hinge, Bumble, Tinder. And the amount of gross (laughs) messages that I got just by saying, I think sex is important in a relationship, or I I value regular sex. Oh, it was disgusting. So gross. So many unsolicited dick pics. So many messages about, just about sex, not about anything else about me. It was like they saw nothing in the profile except for something gross and sordid, and it wasn't comfortable or fun. So I took that off that particular profile and I found myself an app that made more sense where I felt that I could be more open about sex being important in a relationship but as a guy there is a way to put that on your profile without coming across as a creep and it just will let people know that that's something that's important to you don't make it the whole profile I would I would say but a nod to the fact that you like to fuck you like good sex it's not a bad thing. And that's got me thinking about apps and what you want to look for. So there are the more traditional apps like Hinge and Bumble and Tinder and OkCupid. And you might get some people sort of bulk at your honesty, but then they're probably not the people that you want to be dating anyway. Might be time to look at other apps as well. I'm a big fan of the app Field, F-E-E-L-D. I find that people on Field carry a certain standard of emotional intelligence and confidence 
that comes from knowing who they are and what they desire. And it can be very freeing to read what people are looking for. So for those people who don't know, Field was an app that was created, I believe, for the poly community or for couples looking for a unicorn, a unicorn being someone to join them in a threesome. And it was a place for people in non-monogamous relationships to be able to comfortably date and find other people to date. And one of the great things that people have on their profiles there is they will tell you what, what they're looking for, what they're looking for in the bedroom, what their kinks might be, what they would like to explore. And yes, like all apps, there are some douchebags on there because that's how the internet works. But when people are being more intentional about what they're looking for and being able to be honest about the fact that sex is important to them, I find it has made for more honest and open communication across the board. So perhaps finding an app like Field might be good. I don't know if you're a particularly kinky kind of person, but you also could find something on FetLife, which is definitely a space for the more kink curious and kink happy folk to meet. But that might be a good option for you. I kind of have three rules that might help you feel like you're taking the gentleman's approach. And the first one is to be honest. Be honest with yourself, be honest with your partner or partners as to what you're doing. If you're with someone and it's just for fun and it's casual, don't lead them on. Let them know who they are to you. That doesn't mean you have to be rude or disrespectful or that you don't care. It just allows everybody to know their place in the relationship. Is this person someone fun and casual that you enjoy fucking once or twice a week or once or twice a month? Do you have other people that you're seeing at the same time? Let them know. They don't need to know all the sordid details, but you can say this isn't exclusive. I'm seeing other people. I assume you're seeing other people. This just allows everyone to know their place in what's going on. And also feelings can change. Things evolve. Tell them if things change for you. Tell them if you meet someone that you would like to be exclusive with and settle down with. Tell them if your feelings for them have changed in a more romantic partnership fashion. Sex brings us together and can create different emotional bonds. And just being honest about that is really key when you want to put it front and center. This brings me on to my second piece of advice here, which is be safe. Get tested. Get tested regularly. Get tested where you play. If you enjoy oral sex, get a throat swab. If you enjoy anal play, get a butt swab because a urine test and a blood test is not going to show you if you have a localized infection. And when you go get your lab form, make sure that your doctor knows this so that you get all of the tests that you need. Not all doctors are as sex positive as others, so you may have to ask for these tests but they are available to you, make sure you get them. If you live in British Columbia in Canada, there is the most wonderful website called getcheckedonline.com. You create your profile. You can then create your lab form online. They'll ask you all the questions that a doctor would ask you. Then they email you your lab form. You get a QR code. You go to the lab. You get all your different tests and then you get the results online as well. And it can just take out some of the stigma of having to go to your doctor. 
Currently, I know there's a bit of a doctor shortage right now. I've been trying to get a family doctor for fucking years and it's not happening. So I found this is such a useful resource for me. I can go on. I go on about every two to three months. I get my lab forms. I go in. I do my tests. And then when you've got the email results, I sometimes screenshot those and then I'll send them to people who I've slept with in that period of time just to, again, just create some trust and be like, hey, everything's cool here. We're still playing safe. Be safe. Get tested and use condoms. If you're sleeping with more than one person, use condoms. They don't know where you've been. You don't know where they've been. It's not just about stopping babies. It's about stopping STIs. And finally, my piece of advice is be kind. Remember that people you're fucking are real people. They've got lives, they've got feelings. Even if it's casual, give them the time and respect that they deserve. Don't cancel last minute because something else comes up that seems more fun. Don't think that because they're not a long-term prospect, you don't have to be kind to them. The amount of men who have approached me as if I'm just some hole to be fucked, it's disgusting. It doesn't make anybody feel good. And just because something is casual does not mean that you need to be a dick about it. That's just a general PSA. We're all humans here. We all have feelings. Please respect that. And yeah, that would be my advice to take the gentleman's approach to make sure that you can get some good, regular quality sex and not be a douchebag. So go have fun. Be honest. Be safe. Be kind. Jacks. So I met my boyfriend about six months ago now, and we're compatible in so many ways. But there's just one issue we can't get past. This might sound petty, but he has a Labrador who he is obsessed with. She is 10 years old, so it's just been the two of them for a really long time. I'm not a huge animal lover, but I know that this dog is really important to him, so I try and make an effort. The issue isn't about his obsession with his dog. It's that he wants her to sleep in the bed with us every night. I find this disgusting and unhygienic. I already have problems feeling comfortable sleeping with someone new, let alone having a large dog hop in and out of the bed, slobbering. Sometimes we're half naked or full naked. It's just awkward. And very early on, About one month or two months in, I told him that I was not okay with this and that it was bordering on being a deal breaker. He said, it's fine, it's fine, I understand, she can sleep in the kitchen, but that's only happened a few times. Most nights, my boyfriend will make comments, give me a guilt trip, says she looks lonely on her own, and would it really hurt to have her at the bottom of the bed? He really is guilt tripping me. I feel so stupid that I'm getting so angry about this, but it feels like it's more than the dog. He's not respecting me, and it's making me feel reluctant to stay with him. What else will come up where he won't compromise? He doesn't like staying at my place either, because it means leaving his dog at home. Any advice? All right, we're going to start this with, yes, your feelings are totally legit. You shouldn't feel stupid about this at all. You set a boundary, you said it was a deal breaker, and he has been pushing that boundary, it sounds like the whole time since you said that. So if you said that a couple months in, you've been together for six months, for the last four months, he's not been listening to you. 
And therefore it is totally fine for you to be feeling how you're feeling. And it is fine for you to be questioning other parts of the relationship too. Because yes, this is about a dog, but if he's not listening and respecting something like that, is he going to be like that in six months time with something else in your life? So thank you for calling in with the question. And it's really important that you know that your feelings are valid. They are legit. And it is fair that you are questioning more than just the dog in the bedroom. Pets are tough. I'm not a pet person. I can hear all my listeners leaving now. I think dogs are perfectly fine. Some are wonderful, some are shitty. And somehow non-pet people are always vilified because we don't, like, how can you not love this adorable little thing? Uh, It's quite easy. Um, (laughs) But we can also make space for things in people's lives. I had a wonderful partner who had a an adorable schnauzer and it took me a while to get used to there being a dog and she was great and we still had to have conversations about the dog and there were times where I felt that he would pick her over me but he had had her for her whole life and he'd only had me for a short period of time. It can take a while to remind your partner that there is someone else in this relationship too. He has now gone from a two to a three and your role in that relationship is important. So although this is his dog, you're in his house, it's his decision. Now that you're in a partnership and now that you're six months in, I think it's more than that. I think he does have to start thinking about your role in this. That's one of the hardest parts of taking a relationship to the next level As we get older, we all become very comfortable in who we are and our decisions. We get to be a little bit selfish because it's just us. And then when you meet someone, you have to start making decisions as a couple rather than as a single. And that can be a tricky space to navigate. So I'm hopeful that he's just struggling to navigate going from an I to a we and that this isn't a bigger red flag of him not listening to you and purposefully pushing your boundaries. So I think you need to sit down and have a conversation with him. I think you need to ask yourselves, what does this relationship need when it comes to us making decisions about our sleeping arrangements? You need to listen to each other's point of view and perspective. There are gonna be conflicting opinions. And there will be some complex thoughts that you're going to need to work through. But I think if you make it about the whole relationship, what are you looking for in the next six months? Where are you hoping to go together and not just make it about his dog? It might make it an easier conversation. It will make it easier for you to see as well if he wants to take things from solo independent thinking into thinking more about both him and you and the future of the relationship in that sense. He will get protective of his dog if you just go in in a more accusatory manner, being like, it's the dog on the bed or me. The sort of fight or flight reflex, I think, will come up. That's not going to make for a particularly healthy conversation for you to have. And I totally understand the importance of sleep. Um, Some people are fine sort of sleeping next to anyone. They can just fall asleep straight away. Some people, especially with new partners, it can take a bit of time. And sleep's really important just in general in life. We all know this. Your body needs time to heal and repair. It keeps us healthy. It keeps our brains healthy. So you not being able to get a good night's sleep 
is a valid concern and a valid issue. Now, there are lots of happy couples who choose to sleep in separate beds. They still make time for intimacy and connection, but they sleep in other rooms. Some people have sleep apnea. Some people have insomnia. During the menopause, a lot of women sweat a lot and they choose to sleep in another bed. There's many reasons that successful happy couples sleep in separate bedrooms. We need a good night's sleep. Sleep is really important. I guess in summary, your feelings are valid and this is a totally legit thing for you to be getting annoyed about and frustrated about. I live on a three strikes and you're out kind of rule. So if he keeps not listening to you, even about something as small as the dog, you are allowed to make the decision that this relationship might not be right for you. But if you have a conversation with him and he can start seeing your relationship as important and as you as an equal player in that relationship, then maybe that's all he needs to see the perspective as to why this isn't working for you. But give him a chance with that conversation. Remind him that he's gone from a he to a we. And although that doesn't take away his independent thoughts, he does need to start accommodating you just as you need to be accommodating to him. And are there solutions that you can come to for that? Could you accommodate by letting that the dog sleeps in the kitchen overnight and then in the morning when one of you gets up, she's allowed to jump into the bed? So you get your full night's sleep, but then he still gets to snuggle with his dog in the morning? You mentioned right at the end that he doesn't like coming to yours because he can't bring the dog overnight. Make sure you still get to spend time as a couple in your house. His place is still 100% his place, as it should be. So you're never going to fully feel at home because it isn't your home. Our homes can say a lot about us. And if he doesn't want to be spending time in your home, is he saying he doesn't want to be spending that time with you in a place that's important to you? Could he get a dog sitter for one night a week so that you guys can sleep at your place, that you can wake up in your bed together? There are ways around this but it's to do with investing in relationships and investing in your relationship with each other without the dog. So go chat with him. And if he doesn't respect that, it might be time for you to consider a slightly more permanent ending. But I really hope that he's just struggling with going from being single to being in a couple and remembering that there is more than one person that he now has to think about. So good luck. And I hope this has helped. And that's it for this week, folks. Thanks for listening to the second episode of the Thorny Issues podcast. As I said at the beginning, if you have any questions you'd like to submit, please go to thornyissues.ca and all the information is there. I cannot wait to hear from you. We've also got the Instagram at Thorny Issues. It's a place where we can start having conversations. Sex positive, happy, healthy, honest conversations. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. Please give it a review. I'm so excited to have you here on this journey. Have a fantastic day in whatever you're doing. Stay safe, be kind, and I'll see you next week. Bye.